Hi, everyone. It's Fat Billy here. Thanks for coming. Listen to our podcast. If you want more podcasts, you can go to patreon.com slash spoutlore, where you can give us some money. And I like money, so I can buy snacks. Gather round, friends, let me tell you a tale of three heroes, noble and bold. A brute, a druid, and a thief who is but nine years old. You know them by name, you know them by deed, their quests are famously daring. So here I sit, singing to you an adventure that is worth sharing. Tuck is the brute, he knows not his home, he loves to sing and fight. Fingers half-elf, he shifts his shape and wields a spear with great might. Billy's a thief, his tiny size does mask the largest heart. Best and brightest they may not be, but their friendship outweighs their smarts. So gather round friends and listen close, for the tale's about to start. Hi everybody. And welcome to Spelt Lore. I'm your game master, Sean O'Hara. Joining me as always playing Ving the Half-Elf Druid, Paul Oppers. Hey, how's it going? Playing Tacoma Dome, the Barbarian, Abdulaziz. Oh, hello. (laughs) Sorry. Are you you done? I'm fine. Are you done? (laughs) I'm okay. Can I do mine over again, too? I asked a question. There's no way they can answer me. All right. Okay. All right. Playing Ving the Half-Elf Druid, Paul Oppers. Hi. How are you guys doing? Good. Oh, the three of us? Now I changed it to who I was intending it towards. I'm good. Start over. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Playing Ving, the half-elf druid, Paul Oppers. Hello, everyone. Playing Tacoma Dome, the barbarian, Abdulaziz. Hi, how's everybody doing? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and playing Fat Billy, the halfling thief, Jessica Ty. Hi. How's, how are you? No, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how to react. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do it one more time. Okay. Yeah. Hi, welcome Spell Lord. With me as always, it is me, Jessica Top. And to my right, Tacoma Dome. Hi, I'm, a, I'm played by Abdulaziz. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now you do. And uh, further to the right and across from Jessica geographically is <laughs> Paul Ops. <laughs> and I play Ving, the half elf quartered man druid. Zumba. What the fuck is going on? And to my left, no, you're right. No, my right, you're wrong. <laughs> With us, as always, Sean O'Hara, Game Master. Hi, how's everybody doing? They're the listener, gone. The listener, yeah, they've already turned it off. Oh my god, See, guys, I'm looking at the analytics right now. Season eight's zero listeners. I was like the 2008 stock market crash. Whoa, it's to zero now. Holy shit, we've all lost our homes. Oh no. Oh no. Fuck, we put too much of the podcast in AAA tranches. <laughs> Guys, I've got bad news for you, but good news for me. I shorted the podcast, so I'm a billionaire now. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I knew this was coming. <laughs> I had a feeling this was going to happen. You for said season- the game would never stop. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to Spelt Lore. I'm your game master, Sean O'Hara. Joining me is always playing Ving the Half-Elf Druid, Paul Oppers. Hey! Playing Tacoma Dome, the Barbarian, Abdulaziz. Hello! And playing Fat Billy, the Halfling Thief, Jessica Ty. Hi! When last we left our heroes, a season seven finale took place. Big moves from everybody. The Torch of McCall and Fathom of the Light Guard taken prisoner. Our intrepid heroes returned to the Margani Library through a flooded section of a secret staircase. 
only to discover that the library itself was under assault by a member of the Immolators and a group of Light Guard. After absolutely pounding as much wine as they could each physically handle. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. In an attempt to heal their bodies and souls, Tuck and Ving were healed to full, Billy was healed to full, and wasted. <laughs> There's a drunk baby in the battle for the Merkheny Library. Yeah. Possibly like the most dangerous and surprising tactic of all absolutely there's a drug baby with a knife in here oh, he tumbling everywhere uh the battle was joined you reunited with uh your friend perel novice initiate novitiate of the silent word oh, man. cool doing everything that he could to avoid getting close to a combatant <laughs> Billy took on that member of the light guard with Perel. Perel showed some skill in his newfound martial arts. Ving baked some clay onto the faces of a few people. Whoopsie. Terrifying both himself and the onlookers. Uh, and Tuck mixed it up with a two-sorted dual-wielding immolator. Killed that guy. Yeah. All oh, three yeah. of you eventually descended on this fool and ended up whooping the shit out of him. And then uh, Farah, master of the Margani Library found you and took you to a medical theater in which the torch and fathom were being medically treated mm -hmm. along with shia the garden snake ving's half-sister some time passed everybody recuperated and then you had a nice little sit down with ama margani and the former torch of mccall a pretty pleasant if stressed out <laughs> old mccallan man <laughs> named farhan and uh, had a little conversation about how bad he feels about what he did, but also um, how he wanted to speak with you because the demon that was the Torch of McCall allegedly had an overarching plan of its own. And we finished the season with a very Avengers-style <laughs> post-credits <laughs> cut-to-black <laughs> moment yeah. in which you were asked what you knew of the Dark Guard. And then Sam Morgan Freeman walks in. <laughs> Morgan Freeman? It, you it, know it's not Morgan Freeman. I corrected myself in the incorrect you said direction. Samuel. I thought I thought I got it wrong the first time, and I was wrong <laughs> about yeah. that. Uh, anyway, Samuel Jackson walked in, and he told uh, Robert Downey Jr. that we've entered a bigger <laughs> yeah. universe. And this is where we do the crossover with uh, the Adventures of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ama Margani found uh, Tuck in a boxing ring, punching a sandbag, thinking about his past, <laughs> and then knocking it off the wall. Uh, and that is where we find ourselves now. A brand new day. How much time do we think has passed? Maybe a week, week and a half since yeah. the battle? Yeah, a good week. Yeah. And you have all been living at the library, presumably. Yes. I wonder, do they? Do you think that they've like uh, inducted you into the librarians? Ooh, honorary librarian. At least temporarily, yes. Yeah. Or begrudgingly. <laughs> yeah, Temporary. totally. They've begrud begrudgingly given you quarters. Yeah. They're like, uh, you guys can't have robes yet. <laughs> yeah, so you've been living in sort of the... There is a, a an area of the library that hadn't been seen on screen up until now, the dormitory area. This is especially windy. You're not really sure what this was used for when it was a mine, but the tunnels are very windy and twisty, and they break off into a very small, cozy little sort of burrow. And so you've got... Are you all sharing a room here? 
always. They offered you three rooms and you were like, why? <laughs> I guess we could put our shit in the other two rooms. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. And they, they put you next to Perel, so you guys are sort of neighbors again. And what have you been up to for the last week or so? Perel's been making me read books. <laughs> <laughs> like actually learn how to read, read? Well, mostly helping him. He's like, we have a lot to learn really quickly, and I need you to help me read some of these old texts. I'm like, ugh, mm-hmm. I don't want to eat. <laughs> I want to like slide around. <laughs> slide around? <laughs> we built a slip and slide in the atrium the second day, and we got in so much trouble. They came down, they're like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And we're like, the sign says no pizza subs. Like, it doesn't say... <laughs> It says no food or drink, actually, but it, it does say no slip and slides. We've crossed it out and put pizza subs above food and drink. <laughs> With a frowny face. Because yeah. somebody specifically got mad at you while you were eating a pizza sub. <laughs> so, yeah, what kind of stuff has Perel been getting you to help him read? Um, some of like the old runic books and like the loose papers and stuff like that. Just stuff that's really old that hasn't been categorized to help us find more about like this dark guard stuff mm-hmm. oh cool hmm. that implies that the dark guard stretches back to like the origins of magic time oh like, cool right because <laughs> the books are written in runes runic language is super old right yeah yeah i like the idea that the dark guard is a more modern name for an old thing oh because you said it was like links in a chain mm-hmm. what was the link the torch was a link in a it, the demon that was the torch was a link in a greater chain yeah yeah that would cool. shackle the world oh yeah well what wields the sha- the cha- the shackles right we should talk about sort of what the following conversation of that was yeah what farhan told you so what i'm thinking is that yes the chain that he spoke of was the quote-unquote dark guard and that what he meant was that what this demon was doing was part of a larger plan you know what I mean? Like this is this is one piece of a puzzle that a bunch of other influences are trying to complete together. Yeah. Okay. But under the same goal? Yeah, exactly. And what the plan he thinks like he doesn't have like access to all of those memories basically or all of the thoughts of the demon, but his feeling was that the ultimate goal was a place where icons are free uh to spread their influence like as freely as they desire Mm. so like his ramping up of zealotry in mccall was like if that demon had its way it would spread that influence all over the world Mm -hmm. and in and like whip up zealotry wherever it could so it can continue to sustain itself which is a specific quality of zealotry rather than of the other ones right yeah yeah it's not that every demon is trying to do this no definitely not like it's the exact same kind of thing right like we're a, a demon of baking would be like, well, it'd be nice if everybody liked bakery. They're not trying to bake the world. Exactly, yeah. Is it like trying to spread like basically like a conforming like ideology or whatever? Like basically like remove all chaos, which is like the basis of nature. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, no, we're not going to follow like the laws of nature. And so like that's why the demon that possessed Farhan that's kind of what he was like maybe like set out to do and would would explain like the war between like the dark elves and the druids like the dark elves wanting some sort of like order and like basically like exterminate this group of people who followed like 
nature's laws and stuff like that. Yeah. I really like the idea that that war and that influence was the last attempt by this icon Mm -hmm. to put that situation in motion. You know what I mean? Like, and this thing with the light guard and the torch was like the most recent attempt. Yeah. I like the idea that like, if you look through history and you know what to look for, every once in a while there are these events where like huge wars break out over seemingly nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's like, oh, a demon came in, like or a warlock was operating on behalf of the icons to like try to bring like, order to chaos. So at some level, the, the wizards worship the icons. Yeah, I, that's kind of like... Or they draw their power from the same room. Yeah, they liked they liked the what druids could do. Um, and so, like... and But they were... Maybe it could have been the thing where it's like, well, they're not doing anything with it. Like, why would you have so much power and not take advantage of it? And, like, so wizards would want, like, more out of that. So the druids, like, embrace the chaotic nature of the natural world. And they try and walk with... Mm that chaos and like just be with the world in its natural state and warlocks are on the other side where they're like trying to force order into the world and then wizards kind of like walk the line between where they try to manipulate the world to their own ends mm-hmm. where they're like i want oh it's these like are, individuality yeah these are chaos, my order and then the self in the middle and they're more cool. self-focused like and it's like a smaller on a smaller scope too yeah where they're like, I don't give a shit about fucking icons and I don't give a shit about fucking nature. I'm going to do the thing that I want to do. I'm going to make these frogs. I love frogs. Yeah. And I could make more frogs. And oh, man. Yeah, totally like the baby sense. boomers of and our universe. So, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so warlocks, warlocks are fascists. Yeah. Uh, druids are anarchists and wizards are libertarians. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. I don't like wizards anymore. <laughs> I think it's like the, everyone's on a spectrum. So yeah, I'm so sure there's some... Like we met Aquarian. She seemed cool. Perel was like, I wanted to help. Yeah. Like he wanted to make his frog things. But Libertarians think they're helping too. Yeah. Exactly. And everyone is trying to help in their own way. Like warlocks are like, this world is chaos. Mm-hmm. Like You want to live in such a mess. Well, in a place like McCall where there's so much like poor and uh, suffering in the streets and children are dying at night, like then of course other people would follow something that is trying to do something about that totally yeah so yeah i like the idea that like all over the world throughout history you can find these incursions of like icons and it doesn't always have to be zealotry it's like it can be different ones that are trying to like force that order into the world Mm -hmm. sorry yeah in places that are hard to exist which with the dark elves up in the frozen north oh Oh, yeah like when there's when your survival is on the line then you faith it becomes more and more important yeah Yeah. like sometimes those wars might have been started by like a demon of rebellion Mm -hmm. and it's like we're still trying to it's still trying to bring order to this like chaotic situation but it's doing it through the through like extreme acts of rebellion yeah Mm -hmm. yeah looking really cool smoking a cigarette (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i ripped the sleeves off my leather jacket so now it's a vest (laughs) And wow. then I put the sleeves on my legs so they're pants. <laughs> Iconic. Not <laughs> pants, though. Just leggings. Yeah. And then he <laughs> then he, fl- he flicks the cigarette. The sh- That's what you think, Pops. Chaps. <laughs> Chaps. Chaps. Yeah. <laughs> Basically like leather leg warmers. Like they're my, falling down all the time. Put my chaps on my arms and my armpits are cold. 
But you can see my pits through my chaps, which is hot. Hot, I guess. This guy's such a rebel. It's gross. It's He's like crazy. too rebellious. It's like confusing how rebellious he is. Yeah. Um, but it just makes sense to me because like the torch was a demon, so he was like directly influencing people around him on a huge scale. Mm-hmm. But that makes sense for like what a warlock would be. It'd be people that icons can use with less of a gigantic influence. It's like the thing that happened in McCall. If you look at history books, you know, hundreds of years from now, you'll be like, oh, yeah, you can kind of see the trend go crazy at this point. Mm -hmm. Whereas like if a warlock is out there, it's a little subtler. Yeah, because a demon is the icon riding the person and taking control. Oh, yeah. Like Kendall Jenner's the demon icon. Uh And then Instagram influencers are the warlocks. And then we are the police. Yeah, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I don't know anything about internet culture. You don't need to. It's fine. She's right though. Jessica's right. <laughs> um, but that makes so much more sense. Like the idea of warlocks. Warlocks are connected to demons. The icons riding the people, as opposed to the icons themselves. Yeah. yeah, that's what a lot of scholars don't understand. Oh wait, warlocks are connected to the demons. Yeah, because the demons are peop- like are using people already using oh. this body of a person, and that makes it easier for them to understand how to make these connections with people that can help them do their work. Okay, cool. Because basically, otherwise, it'd be <laughs> a warlock would kind of be like a person going down to the ocean. <laughs> And like scooping some water out of it and being like, yes, I will work in your name, ocean. (laughs) And the ocean's just like, I have waves (laughs) instead of a person. Yeah, you need a mediating. A person digging trenches being like, yeah, go dig a trench over there. You know what I mean? Because I think that in a way icons until like demons know what they want. I don't think that icons necessarily do. You know what I mean? Because icons are just like pure thought, basically. Yeah. Whereas a demon is like, yes. I know that I need more people to do the thing that I do. Yeah, I think that's maybe that's why an icon will ride a demon. Like a single concept takes over a person's mind so it can think more fully. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that suggests that demonic possession is almost accidental. It's almost a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. 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 Where it's like the icon has power associated with it. Mm-hmm. So it latches onto something with a mind. To give that power, like, form and action Mm -hmm. to drive it forward. Yeah. So this is all stuff that has come up in conversations over the last week and a bit with Farhan and Amma and Farah being like, what is going on? Like, how can we make sense of this situation and what the torch actually wanted? Is Perel helping too? Yes. Perel is helping in so much as he really cares about all of you. But he also thinks that maybe this might point him in the direction of how to get his power back. Cool. Because if all of this stuff is a lot closer than maybe people initially realized, he's like, okay, I could probably squeak my way past at some point in this situation and (laughs) tap into that chaotic energy that I need. Such a Perel kind of plan. (laughs) I'm just going to sneak past you right there (laughs) and just get into a room full of magic. Like, yes. I'm going to put on a fake mustache and sneak past the Lord of all icons. (laughs) Hello. I am also a demon. Don't mind me. What are you the demon of? I'm the demon of when you forget something, but you're not quite sure what you forgot. You know, you're you're tapping your pockets and you're like, well, my phone and my wallet are there. 
hearing my keys, but I think I'm missing something. <laughs> That's what I'm the demon of. The demon of I better go check the stove. <laughs> As he's saying all this, his mustache is sliding <laughs> That's what I forgot. Spirit gum. <laughs> Gotta go now. <laughs> That's the thing is like there are, there is technically... <laughs> an icon of forgetfulness you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good point that some of the icons would never come through to our world yeah because they don't have like a virulent nature but yeah. they're still part of that larger equation totally. yeah. yeah yeah that's part of the theory that you've all put together about this dark guard thing is that like it will be if there are demons or icons that are a part of this conspiracy it is specific ones mm. like it's not going to be baking it's not going to be yeah yeah a competition you yeah. know what i mean like they don't necessarily they won't necessarily care about this i think competition might competition might now yeah. that i said it competition might be like <laughs> oh yeah i'm going to get in there and be the best at everything oh maybe that's like when you see like peak athletes yeah, like maybe. Sean White is maybe a demon of competition. I would He's believe. a demon of something, <laughs> that fucking guy. <laughs> I don't understand athlete culture. <laughs> uh, it's You don't have to. He's right, though. Um, yep, yeah, I'm definitely helping Perel read all those books. And part of it, like a lot, we're coming across a lot of like druid and fairy stuff and magic. So Perel's super hungry about reading that. Mm-hmm. And Billy's just hungry. Billy's yeah. just hungry, yes. Perel has been bugging you like all the time to help him. I know, he wakes me up from all my naps. I'm like, just leave me alone. Like, I'm so tired. <laughs> and and because of that, like, he bugged you for, for days. Yeah. And then he found out that Shia knows how to read runes as well. <laughs> so then he's been hanging out. Whenever you're like, go away, I'm sleeping. Yeah. He goes and he bugs Shia. So he's ping-ponging between the two of you. But then I got jealous. So, start hanging around a lot more. <laughs> who were you? Wait, who were you jealous of? Were you jealous of Perel because uh, yeah. he got to hang out with Shia, or Shia because she was helping Perel? Well, I was jealous because uh, I wanted to be the smart one. <laughs> then and now Shia knows everything. I like Shia a lot, but I'm like, I I've been I know way more than you. So I just like hang around like oh, totes. I. I already know that. <laughs> it's like when your best friend starts hanging out with another person and you start feeling left out. You're Hold like, on. what? Wait, no. What the fuck is going on here between you two? I'm, I'm the in, I'm here. I'm the reason. Why do you guys have inside jokes now? Fuck you. <laughs> All these jokes should filter through me. Uh, what has Ving been up to? Uh, he's been studying with Farah mm-hmm. uh, with the speakers. Ooh, are in the speakers, so cool. and okay. he learned about the dark church. Ooh, tell me a little bit about the dark church. There's a these old uh, churches found carved out of rocks, deep, deep McCall. They're thought to be where uh, old druids and weird uh, fanatics got together and uh, have all this weird underground druid church vibes. And when you say it's underground, do you literally mean it's in the deep ward? They're very underground, deep underground. Yeah. Like There's some like outside of town, caved in, like carved out of uh, different caves yeah. or like crevices. There's probably some in the weird mines. Oh my gosh. Oh. There's dark churches all over the place. Wow. I see. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because of the connection to the outer dark. Oh, they come to places where icons come through? Cool. Yep. Yep. I like that a lot. Or maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's thought that, I mean, this is all stuff that is becoming codified 
for maybe one of the first times in history or uh-huh. for the first time in a long time. But yeah, maybe it was like meeting places for these kind of cultish people who wanted to keep their beliefs out of the public eye. It does kind of seem like a cult. Mm-hmm. It sounds yeah, very like, yeah. culty. Yeah. Super cult. And they were always the antitheses of whatever big religion found themselves. So in McCall, it's they worship the Lord of the Flame. So these are the sh- the shadow of the flame is part of their oh cool yeah yeah is their their Just sect their side yeah mm-hmm. is here this this particular sect is called the shadow of the flame wow is it a consistent ideology across like all darker churches like I across think so. the world I think they're pretty much yeah like balance mm-hmm. they and they feel like they're bringing balance yeah to that area or to what to whatnot that's mm-hmm. a really cool thing and yeah. because it is so closely tied to the outer dark it is like in that copper book yeah they're like okay this sounds this right? all sounds a little yeah we, an evil church that lurks in the shadows what if it's like yeah. like these dark churches it sounds like they're not really like inhabited anymore mm-hmm. so what if like a lot of the old writings have been like destroyed in the fires and so like what you have is like the info that's left is like so sparse. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the info that's left was literally what was engraved into copper. And that's where the phrase copper book came from. Oh, that would be cool too. Yeah. yeah. Like those were the ones that didn't burn. Yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah. There was an, I, when Ving was reading one of these funny books, he was like, I'm just going to try and relax and like get away from all this learning stuffs. And he's reading this like pulp. Like, I'm just going to read this, uh, this fun time. It's like watching Indiana Jones. Mm hmm. And then he he comes across this passage, but the section of the book was so specific and close to the ritual that he went through uh, Mm. when he sacrificed his his ability to shapeshift. Whoa! That he was like, this must be. There's something to this. This is if this is true, there must be other parts of this this that are true. Yeah, I want to find. So then he's cross referencing referencing the other parts of the book that kind of seem more ritualistic to see if he can find other things in the book and bring out the truth from this copper Ooh, The Goosebumps. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Can I give you the title of the book? Yep. Bringer of the Black Flame. Love it. Bringer of the Black Flame rules. Cool. How does this sound as a name? Crosby Dean Haber? Is the name of the author? Of the author. Great, <laughs> great fucking Man. pulp author name. Okay, so he wears a tiny leather vest <laughs> and on the same leather hat. <laughs> oh, and you know, actually, you know what? There's no, this is one of the things where there's no artist portrait, oh, cool. but Bringer of the Black Flame is part of a greater series written by a pulp author called Crosby Dean Haber. Hmm. So we've introduced a second book to the Spelt Lore universe, <laughs> Bringers of the Black Flame. <laughs> and Love and Lust. <laughs> and Lust Unbound. Oh, but like a second series, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, oh, oh, fuck. What's this series called? <laughs> Is it just called, what was it again? Like the something of... Sir, uh, Bringer of the Black Flame? I mean, that could be the series, and it could just be like volume one. Yeah, yeah totally. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the series is called Bringers of the Black Flame. Yeah. And this is volume one. Which yes. is The Bringer of the Black Flame. The Bringer of the Black Flame is yeah. the first book yeah. in Bringers of the Black Flame. Yeah, it's printed underneath again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the words Bringer and Black Flame are on the cover of this book so much. Yeah. And then the second book is called The Second Bringer of the Black Flame. <laughs> and then the titles get better after yeah. that. Well, you can't blame him. He's writing these books so fast. He's he getting paid by the word exactly but yeah so crosby dean haber published by a bringer of the black flame press (laughs) a bringer of the black flame production (laughs) 
Cool. Uh, cool. All right. And this is so this is in between your like uh your sessions, your training sessions with the speakers. Yeah. Yeah. Teaching me that word, spoken word. What's uh what's Tuck been up to? Well, Tuck's been kind of jealous of how uh, Ving and Farah have been hanging out. <laughs> kind of similar to how Billy got jealous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how much of this group's actions do you think are driven by jealousy? A thousand percent. <laughs> Certainly in the last couple of weeks, quite a lot of them. Because <laughs> uh, every time like Ving comes back from training, I'm like, so what did you and Farah get up to? Did she say anything about me or anything? <laughs> Same thing. He's walking up to Farah and he's like, so what was Ving wearing today? <laughs> yeah, both ways. <laughs> I was like, oh, you and Vinger have been training together a lot. I've been kind of just hanging out on my own. It's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, you guys are training later today? That's cool. I don't think I have anything going on today. And she walks away. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm also walking away. Because <laughs> I have a busy, like, I'm busy. I have an appointment. Really important uh, impor- appointment I'm- with the, the torch. <laughs> Talking in an empty hallway at this <laughs> I have a real uh, important important appointment a point I gotta go. I'm gonna go to my appointment. Uh, I'm gonna watch some important. Uh, <laughs> I like the idea that Ving and Billy have been kind of busy, and Tuck hasn't really been doing anything. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of just wandering the halls aimlessly, just being sh- like, "What the fuck is going?" Exploring the library. Nah, not at all. <laughs> not with any level of perception, really. Accidentally exploring the library. No, not even that. <laughs> There's a lot of like people like dropping books open in front of him to like a convenient page that he's just like looks down and he's like, Man, I bet if Perel was here, he'd love that there was a book. <laughs> <laughs> and he just walks away. <laughs> And Pharrell is standing in front of you because he put the book down. He's like, what the fuck? Where's he going? <laughs> I was in the middle of a conversation with Pharrell when I did that. And you forgot that you were talking to Pharrell. Talk's just been so like engrossed in his own loneliness. <laughs> he's He's got like a music bottle on his hip and he's got like headphones in. He's just listening to Welcome to the Black Parade oh, from man. My Alchemical Romance. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Welcome to my Black Flame Parade. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. There's I- a there's a situation where someone's doing a math equation on a board, mm-hmm. and there and then he looks at it and doesn't solve it, even though he knows the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was gonna be Tuck sees an equation on a chalkboard, and nobody around. He's just decided to help sweep up, and he starts writing on the board, and the numbers start flowing through him, and all of a sudden he's thinks that he has a newfound understanding and then someone walks up and goes what the fuck did you do (laughs) i've been working on this for weeks and now i have to erase everything (laughs) to take all these dicks off of here (laughs) yeah you can't just write two over and over and over again um so has tuck done anything that you would consider progress i think he got bored after a few days of wandering aimlessly and ignoring important narrative hints that other librarians were trying to give him. Mm. Uh, so he started a fight club where he he was just like, okay, here's what we're going to do. You send people to fight me and then you give me money if I win. <laughs> <laughs> Who? 
<laughs> who in the library allowed this to happen? It got shut down pretty quick. <laughs> he didn't make it one of the top rules of Fight Club. He should have. No, but that's what he did. He was like, tell everybody about this because I'm trying to make a lot of money. But don't tell anyone that'll try and shut us down. Okay, Farah? <laughs> I'm shutting this down now. That was the longest way to answer the question, have you done anything you would consider progress with no <laughs> that I've maybe ever heard. <laughs> Back to season one, Tuck. <laughs> yeah. This, this is because you took away the Outlander move from me. I have been, yeah. This has all been pent up for a whole season. <laughs> did I take... Oh, I made... Right. Yeah, I did kind of take away Outlander from you, didn't I? Uh, what a blessing that was. But because that gambling scheme didn't work, he kind of doesn't have any money of his own. He can't find <laughs> Ving. So he goes He goes to like, he goes to, I'm still talking. I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> he, goes, he goes to the torch and he's like. Not the torch. Oh, right. He goes to uh, like Farhan and Ama in like one of their tea sessions. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, do you guys, because he's just passing by. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, do you guys have any change? Can you make change? Why would we have money? All I have is this thing. And he puts it down. And it's the obsidian coin that he picked up from the uh from the Traveler's Shrine mm-hmm. in like season three, I think. Yeah. And uh the to- like Farhan is smiling idly while you fucking chatter. <laughs> Cause he's gotten he's he's amused by you as this dolt that keeps stumbling <laughs> into the room like, guys, I figured out a new thing. I was reading this book about greasing pigs and I realized that if I grease myself, I can run faster (laughs) and nobody can stop me. Uh, But you put that's why Billy wanted to slip and slide all over the place. (laughs) Yeah, because Tuck kept greasing himself. Yeah, and I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) That's a slip and slide here is you grease yourself up and run and slide on a rock floor. (laughs) Looked fun. (laughs) You put the coin down. And Farhan stops smiling and his hand trembles a little bit as he picks it up and he's looking at it. Where did you get this? Um, I just picked that up at a traveler shrine uh, close to Bull Rush. Bull, I'm unfamiliar. It's like near the High Spur Mall. It's in the Principalities. Oh. Yeah. It's across the Sea of Graves. Do you know what this is? I don't know, black coin with an eye on it. He closes his eyes as if he's trying to remember something. This is how the torch found the library. What? This coin is connected to the Dark Guard in some way. Wait, how do you use it to find the library? He could sense its presence. I, did you, you had interactions with him before the first battle, correct? Yeah, he found us in uh, in Crystal Bay. Yes, he recognized the presence of this coin on you then and used that feeling to find the library, knowing that you had allied with the librarians. Wait, so he wasn't tracking Perel? He was tracking me? He was tracking you. Oh my god. What? <laughs> yeah, these coins are connected to the Dark Guard in some way. He doesn't know how, he just knows they are, and he knows that the Torch used these coins to find the library. Fuck, if I just left it, because remember Allison took it from me? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, and I took it back from her. Mm-hmm. Oh, because she was like, where'd you get this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she, if I had, just hadn't done that, we would have been fine. Oh, 
Allison had been to the outer dark. Well, she's a demon. Yeah. Yeah, she might know about the dark guard. Or might have known about the dark guard. She did? I've said too much. <laughs> um, uh, I think Actually, okay, I think I misunderstood your statement. Once the torch had met you, he recognized the presence. Like, they did go to the principalities because they heard about Peral. That, okay. that is still the case. But once he met you, he sensed that you had a coin on you. And once you came to McCall, he'd been using that to track you. Yeah, so that's what Farhan tells you, is that these coins are connected to the Dark Guard in some way. He doesn't remember how, but just that the torch was using it to track you, and that's how he found the library. They're eyes of the Dark Guard. They're like, yeah. Oh, so cool. Yeah. That's the name of them? The eyes of the Dark Guard? Wait, do we still have that Mender's pin? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Fuck. We're being tracked by so many organizations. <laughs> <laughs> Billy's using it right now to pick some like spices out of his teeth. Yeah, that's all he can. That's he. He says, "If I were you, I would throw this in the deepest, darkest hole you can find. Don't." say anything <laughs> so i'm sorry I, I nose laughed take that nose laugh out of the mic yeah he does say throw this in the deepest darkest throw this in the deepest darkest hole that you can find and run in the other direction i i don't know i've been carrying around for so long i kind of don't want to you understand that if there is an organization of demons called the Dark Guard and a conspiracy being enacted upon the world that with this coin, it would be extremely easy to find you. All right, fine. How many coins will you give me for it? I do not want it. Here, okay. What about one, an even trade, one for one? I have two. I'll give you two, give me two coins and you can have this. He pats the blanket in the hospital <laughs> bed he's laying in and goes, I appear to be skint at the moment. And I turn to Amma. I'm like, Amma, you? I have not had money 600 years longer than he has not had money. <laughs> I find if you are, if you're asking for money, you're asking the two wrong old men. Okay, fine. I'll give you both for one coin then. Okay. <laughs> How about we take these now and we'll pay you later? Does that sound good? So Tuck thinks about it for a second. Real hard. <laughs> you can tell. Because his nerd glasses are on. <laughs> right way up this time. Whoa. <laughs> oh my god. And he's staring out a window too. There's no... You're underground. <laughs> he's... he's. <laughs> you're looking at a painting. <laughs> of a window. <laughs> he's got his hand up next to a painting. Staring at a painting of the seat. <laughs> and then he turns around and goes, No deal. <laughs> And then he puts, he drops them in his backpack and walks out and tries to start another fight club. Alma <laughs> <laughs> and Farhan look at each other and laugh a little bit and continue their uh, little board game that they were playing <laughs> while they're drinking tea. So, yeah, so you're all sitting in the cafeteria uh, around lunchtime and Perel is shoveling a bunch of hamburger and macaroni into his mouth. With a huge stack of books next to him. He's so excited. And he's just like talking through a mouthful of uh, food. And we're just watching this. Like, we've stopped eating because this is fucking gross. <laughs> Setting a terrible example for a child. Can you please chew with your mouth closed? And he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. 
Okay, so Billy and I were reading these books, and we found references to some sort of old, like primordial religion. And he pulls one of the books off the stack and flips it open to uh, pictures of these cave drawings that feature animals of all kinds, all shapes. Some you recognize, some you don't. Going into what looks like the mouth of a cave, and then stooped human figures coming out the other side. And he starts describing this ritual that is mentioned that. Ving strikes you as being very similar to the ritual that you undertook to give up your shapeshifting and also the ritual you found referenced in Bringers of the Black Flame. Yeah, so I want to give him the book that I've been reading and, and show him the similarities between what I went through and what's uh, printed in this so-called fiction. And his eyes are like widening continuing to widen until they're huge his pupils <laughs> look tiny compared to everything else on are you, his eye are you okay i just what are the odds that this primordial religion would have a ritual similar to the ritual that you undertook that is also referenced in this fa- fantasy fantasy is that the right word fantasy yeah they call it copper book fantasy yeah this fantasy book if this book has this much truth in it even a tiny little seed of truth that could mean that there's even greater truths hidden within that's what i was thinking this is and he wipes his arm across his mouth from elbow to fingertip leaving a smear of macaroni and beef along the length of his arm there's napkins on the table there's no time (laughs) 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 and he takes he snatches the book out of ving's hand and he starts running through the that's the first in the series (laughs) ah never mind You'll find it. You see him run to the end of a corridor, skid to a stop, and take a hard left. (laughs) Yeah. And then a few seconds later, run back again, going to the right. (laughs) Papers flying. (laughs) And maybe like eight or nine hours later, you're shaken from your sleep if you're asleep, but Perel comes into your room and is just like panting holding the book in his hands, goes, come with me. Uh, come with me now. No. Come with me now. No. Do not question me. No. Do not question me. Come with me now. Oh Perel, you God. need to ring in a little bit. He's, and he's gone. He's started running down the hallway. <sighs> Maybe we just stay where we are. Yeah, Billy refuses to get up because he's like, I've, I've dealt with this false alarm a million times. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone for like 20 minutes. And he bursts back into your room furious <laughs> but now he's got a huge rolled up piece of paper in one fist <laughs> that he's basically crushing <laughs> and he's just like you did not come with me is Farah with him Farah is like she yeah she's behind him he's sweating like a dog and she looks fine what the fuck is going on with you today man are you sick or something sick with knowledge he's vibrant sean is vibrating (laughs) and farah walks in past him into your room says i'm so sorry for the disturbance uh young perel has found some references in a few texts that he is quite excited about, and he insisted that I come with him. He's also found some halfling white powder, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. uh, Perel, would you like me to explain, or do you think that you could calm yourself long enough to lay out your information in a way that could be followed by a person with a normal human brain? 
As soon as she says normal human brain, Tuck audibly swallows. <laughs> gulp. <laughs> he says gulp when he swallows. <laughs> and Perel takes a deep steadying breath and walks over to the little table that you have in your room, sweeps everything off of it onto the ground, and unrolls the paper that he had clenched in his fist, revealing a map of the city of McCall and the surrounding regions. And he holds up Bringers of the Black Flame, Volume 1, and says, this book is incredible. Told you. It's so exciting. <laughs> I loved I love the protagonist. I love that he says the coolest things when he mm-hmm. needs to say the coolest things. And then the most touching things when the situation warrants and he's so... I just love him. <laughs> How about the shadow of the flame? Oh, the shadow of the flame. The part where he's standing atop the crumbling column dueling with the high priest of shadow mm-hmm. oh. and the swamp witch comes in <laughs> yeah, was so the swamp the swamp witch oh. she is so beautiful that in my des- mind that description ooh ooh <laughs> pearl did you wake us up for a book review cuz I, <laughs> I hate this tuck is actually tuck is into it cuz it's turned into kind of a movie for him now <laughs> what's the oh man what's the name of the protagonist what's a super like indiana jones uh uh uh, dirk his first name his name is dirk there's another name um dirk is just the coolest i want to be like dirk when i grow up but nonetheless i i cross-referenced this book with the texts that billy and i were reading earlier today and i found something what do you remember when he goes to sand eater canyon and finds the entrance to the ancient temple. temple? Yes. yes, the ancient temple. Yes. Sand Eater Canyon is a real place. No. What? Fucking way. <laughs> Tuck is eating uh, Bergam fruits. <laughs> <laughs> Say milk duds, yeah. He's got a huge like tub of them, and he's dipping them in uh, gelatinized cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Sand Eater Canyon is a series of low hills just outside of McCall. And if the other historical texts that I found are any indication, there were giant ruins found within the same area. So if Sand Eater Canyon is a real place and it's connected to this greater giant complex, this could actually lead us to the temple referenced in these books, the temple that we believe is connected to the Dark Guard. <gasps> Billy. <laughs> Inhale with me. (laughs) Inhale surprisingly with me. Wow. What happened? (laughs) (laughs) Cannon dozed out there for a second. Sorry, I fell asleep. That's cool. Where so we go there now, I guess. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are we still doing here? Okay. Billy's <laughs> default is like, we're on a fetch quest then. <laughs> okay, we're we're go there. Okay. <laughs> Billy, allow me to recap very quickly. No. <laughs> <laughs> very well. <laughs> so if this is real and the dark art is connected to these dark churches, mm. this could be the perfect opportunity for us to begin understanding what might have been going on with the torch of mccall and how it connects to the demons the outer dark everything what do you think do you think that the three of you are up for this i mean i'm down for it i mean Bing's afraid because he saw what happened like he knows that they took you know he 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 changed forever by interacting with these powers 
So he's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, Thera, do we have to? You don't have to do anything. This information has been provided to the library. We could send people. It doesn't have to be the three of you. Oh, thank God. I turned to Billy and Ving, and I'm like, guys, quick huddle. Okay. And I pull them in, and I'm like, I've been so fucking bored the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I have to spend another fucking day in this library, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> but, but it's so nice in here. I know. I know, Billy. I know that you don't like being in the sun. I don't. And Ving, I know you like hanging out with Farah instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, is this what this is about? Uh, but I need to get out of this fucking library. I can't be surrounded by nerds anymore. Or I'm going to fucking beat the shit out of one of them. I bet I'm braver than, and stronger and taller than anyone that Farah could send out instead of us. Cer- certainly two of those. Yes, yeah. <laughs> definitely taller and smarter. So let's go, I guess. I mean, I guess I wouldn't be going back alone. I've got you guys. I've got family. And Perel pushes his head up through the middle of your huddle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's looking each of you. He's spinning slowly in a circle. So he's looking each of you in the eye. <laughs> and you can see this wild look in his eye. And he's like, I understand that this sounds like a dangerous mission, adventure, task, whatever you want to call it. This is the closest that I've been to finding an actual solid clue to regaining my magic since we arrived on this continent. And if you do not come with me, we will no longer be friends. <gasps> you would do that to us, Perel? Yes. Fine. I'm going to get so sunburned, but okay. Okay. I mean, we told you we'd help you f- fix your magic. You did. I'm in. Your breath smells like hamburger helper. <laughs> <laughs> your breath smells like ketchup and mustard. I kiss him on the mouth. Yes. <laughs> You feel you feel a little bit of resistance, but then you feel him give in. His hands come up and rest on either side of your face, and he, he pulls away for a moment and says, Billy, Ving, you should leave now. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was a platonic kiss of, of, com- of commitment yeah. to the quest that we're about to go I on. I know you've been waiting Maybe for times. <laughs> I know you've been feeling the sexual tension for seasons now, and we're finally getting the payoff that we all wanted. Between Perel and Tuck. <laughs> Can't wait to see that Perel Tuck hardcore bone fan art. <laughs> um, so you agree? You'll come with me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, yeah. because I was absolutely going to die if I went by myself. <laughs> we know. And he pushes his way through your huddle and goes to the doorway and he goes, thank you so much for agreeing to help me. Now get some rest and prepare. He's holding the book up closer and closer to his face. So you can see the cover with Dirk on the front with a sword and a gun. He has a gun. (laughs) Perel's wearing the same fake mustache as Dirk on the cover of the book. He turns around. This is going to be a fucking thing, isn't it? Yeah. He walks over to the doorway. He's facing away from you and he's holding the book up next to his head. And he says, okay, rest and prepare. For tomorrow, and he whips around and he's got a fake mustache on that looks exactly like the mustache of the protagonist on the cover. And he says, we find adventure. And Tuck turns to Ving and he's like, was that the, was that that Dirk? That's his line. Okay. Yeah, that's his line. That's how he started. I was a big fan of this book. This might be overdoing it for me. (laughs) 
You know when they make a movie out of the book you like? This is kind of like the movie, the shitty movie of the book I like. And if this was a serialized TV show, at this point, this is when the credits would be coming down over the screen <laughs> as Perel slowly backs out of the room and scurries sideways down the hall out of sight. And that's where we're going to end it for this week. I've been your game master, Sean O'Hara, joining me as always, playing Ving, the half-elf druid, Paul Oppers. Take care. Playing Tacoma Dome, the barbarian, Abdul Aziz. So long. And playing Fat Billy, the halfling thief, Jessica Tai. Bye for now. Thank you to Aaron Reed for our incredible intro and outro music. And thank you to all of our incredible supporters on both the internet and in our hearts. You can find us online at Spelllore most places including patreon.com slash spoutlore. And thank you to uh, patrons Corey K. and Jansen for submitting the two names that became the name Crosby Dean Haber. If you think that you have some cool ideas for names, that's something that we've been working into the uh, $10 level on our Patreon uh, through the Discord Hither and Yon channel. So if you want, you can join the Discord, join that channel, and submit names. Maybe we'll work them into the show. The links are in the show notes. And if you like the show, tell a friend or give us a review on iTunes. See you next time. Bye. And so ends the tale of Adventures 3, who tried the best they can. Though dumb and scared and lost they be, for times abreast in revelry. And though our journey may be Salute. Wait. Wait one second. Thanks for listening to the show. <laughs> We're all saluting now. As is required by law. Our eyes are lined with dark eyeliner. And our jeans are tight. So tight. Held up by a checkered studded belt. And our hair is swept to the side and basically glued down with at least a full can of hairspray. Our t-shirts are tight, showing off our muscleless, <laughs> scrawny torsos that girls our age inexplicably found attractive at this point in our lives. Our chucks are brand new, yet to be worn outside as inside dwellers. And as this song crescends and ascends to its crescendo, our eyes stare ever upwards at a flagpole and at half-mast flapping in the black wind a pair of skinny jeans. A single tear falls from each of our eyes. The skinny jeans, of course, at half-mast, commemorating the deaths <laughs> of circulation all over the globe. <laughs> <laughs> Farewell, listeners, and we'll see you in the Black Parade. <laughs> at...
www.patreon.com slash money please check us out on BuzzFeed guys Spell Lore is the official RPG podcast of My Chemical Romance care of Universal Studios 2005 Spelt Lore was brought to you by, what was that guy's name? G- Gerard Way. Gerard Way and his second cousin, uh, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Spelt Lore is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Of myself and Paul and, and Abdul. And Sean. I'm here too. Whoops. <laughs> Spelt Lore couldn't happen with the support of you, Sean, Abdul, Jessica, and Paul. <laughs> and all of you. If you call now, you'll get an official PBS tote bag featuring the last will and testament of Fred Rogers. <laughs> the phones are lighting up. And if you write in to P.O. Box 221 Fat Billy Lane, you'll get a action figure figurine of Billy with a croissant. If you push the button on the back, the croissant shoots out. And that was the last known audio recording of Abdulaziz, Jessica Tai, Sean O'Hara, and Paul Oppers. The four were never seen again following their stay at the Airbnb in Beecher Bay, Sioux, British Columbia. Some say that they're still saluting those skinny jeans to this day. chicken in here now fuck this song actually fucking rips <laughs> it genuinely rips. does this podcast proves you can be a disappointment to your parents and still make money <laughs> Dab. but only if you go to patreon.com slash spell lore or www.spelllore slash money please our parents don't love us but we love you Trademark Spout Lore LLC 2021. That was maybe our best piece of bonus content yet. <laughs> yeah. I just imagine someone watching us through that. Video, like, <laughs> 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 like a murderer with a mask and a knife, like.
You know what? Forget it. <laughs> ah, fuck. These people Fucked are going to eat me alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they fear nothing. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine being a murderer and being like, it's too dangerous. <laughs> I can't go in there. Psychos are just listening to Welcome to the Black Parade <laughs> and saluting each other. <laughs> Why don't they just unplug the headphones and listen to it all at the same time? Why don't they plug the phone into the headphones <laughs> why do they have mics out they have a full audio setup in front of them and they're choosing to hold an iphone up to a microphone <laughs> oh this was great guys yeah it was good it was a lot of fun. Great, great weekend very good weekend i'm gonna sleep so fucking hard